You're listening to the Promise Church's message of the week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Scott McNamara. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. Good morning. How are we all doing? God is good, huh? Man, I could have just listened to these guys all morning, to be honest with you. God is good. We never get bored of testimony. Never get bored of people's lives being changed, huh? Never, ever. I'm excited this morning because I feel a little out of my depth because I'm kind of speaking about something that's, I guess, it's not my usual kind of uh, flavor, my usual flow. But I just feel the Lord wants me to trust Him this morning because I believe that some people's lives are going to get changed. And I want to make time for that to happen. Sometimes we can have our agendas and have all the things, our three-point sermons, and we don't make room for the Holy Spirit. So this morning, I'm just going to go with what the Lord has, but we're going to make room at the end for prayer. We're going to make room for time for people to connect with Jesus. Does that sound good? So the first thing I want to do by beginning is uh, I just want to thank everybody here who prayed for Tent Alley. Maybe you gave uh, or just whatever it was, uh, however you invested, we just want to thank you. It was an incredible time. We've seen God do the most incredible things. And I want to give you a recap. We have a recap video, just a, a kind of snapshot of what we saw in a couple of minutes. Would you guys like to see that? Okay, cool. So let's put that on. Enjoy it. He leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. He goes after the one and the one and the one and the one and he keeps going after and he keeps going. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And he wants to give you this eternal life right now. That is the mercy of God. And he extends that same mercy to each and every one of you today.
Come on. Let's give Jesus a round of applause. Never get bored of people's lives being changed. We saw 150 people accept Christ on the streets of downtown Los Angeles. Come on, it was amazing. We got to baptize people. We got to see people's lives change. Uh, me, Ryan, Taylor, and Jay, we got to take a couple of guys to a church on Sunday morning and get them connected to a local church. You know, we saw God do the most incredible things. And I just want to thank you all because I know you were all uh, vested in some way. Uh, I want to especially thank uh, Aaron and Chris and 33rd Company for making this possible. You know, we've just done a, an offering uh, for Aaron and Tasha. But what Aaron doesn't shout from the rooftops is the sacrifices he makes. And, and he made a huge sacrifice because uh, he decided that he would give money that was set aside for their home because he believed in evangelism. He believed in souls so much that he said, we want to invest our money into this. So the reason I'm so passionate about our pastors is because they are people who don't actually just talk it, but they, they live it too. So uh, you're in a good place right here, I'm telling you. Come on. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence, Lord, for the time that we have. I ask you for your presence to just saturate this place. Lord, I prefer your presence to my voice. So I ask you that you would move in such a way here that we would be touched. Lord, I'm trusting you to open hearts this morning. I believe there is something significant you want to do in this, in this place. So I ask that you would do it. We give you all license. We give you all surrender. Just have your way. Move in this place, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Okay, I'm going to start by going very deep this morning. Are you ready for some deep, deepness? Deep, deep. Now, I know you know deep, but I'm talking deep, deep, deep. Okay? This is how deep I'm going. You ready for it? Are you ready? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Told you I'm going deep. Jack, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, now, let me tell you this. Humpty Dumpty was broken. And just like Humpty Dumpty, humanity had a great fall. And you see, the difference between us and Humpty is that there is someone who can put us back together. You see, the Humpty, the Humpty, Humpty Dumpty's kings and all the king's horses and king's men couldn't stick him back. And what happened is in society, you know, when humanity fell from grace, when, when we got broken, uh, there was no way of putting us back together without the one who puts us back together. And what people did is they began to walk around life in broken relationships, broken lives, broken hearts, just trying to find someone or something who could put them back together. But many of us don't find what it is we're looking for. But there is one who can put us back together. There is a king who can not only put us back together, but he can hold us together. I love a song by a guy, Matt Maha. It says, the song's called Love Will Hold Us Together. And the lyrics are, love will hold us together, will make us a shelter to weather the storm. And I want to tell you this, that God wants to make you a shelter this morning in the form of his presence. He wants to put a canopy over you so that you can weather any storm. And I believe it comes from him and from him alone. In Psalm 91, this is what we read. In Psalm 91 verse 1, it says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. In Japan, many, many years ago, there was a king called Ashikaga Yoshimasha, or something like that. I better read that one. King Ashikaga Yoshimasa. I was pretty close. Now, this king sounds more like a Japanese rapper than a king, but he was a king, I kid you not. And this is what happened with the king. He was a man after my own heart because he liked tea. And one day, he was drinking his tea in his favorite tea bowl. And his favorite tea bowl fell off the table and smashed. And, you know, this king had so much money, he could have, like, got the best of the tea bowls that there were to offer, but this was his favorite. So what he did, he, he was brokenhearted and he sent the tea ball back to China to be repaired. And they sent it back and in the tea ball holding it together were, were metal staples, big ugly metal staples. And the king wasn't happy. So what this did, it prompted the artisans and the craftsmen in, in the community to say, how can we come up with a more aesthetic means of repair? What can we do to present the king with something that he really likes, that he's pleased with? So what they did, they made what's called a kintsugi. It's a, it's a Japanese art form. And what it does, it laces broken pottery with powdered gold. And you see, when they give it back to the king, he, he received it and he looked at it and he was, he was in awe. Because what he got back was better than the original. What he received back was better than he ever had before. And not only was the king blown away, but everyone in the whole community was like, they were up in arms, in awe. They were like, what is this? What, what, what has he got? And so much so that people began to break their favorite pottery just so they could have it remade with the art of Kintsugi. I think we have some images. This is how it looks. Isn't that beautiful? You see, it's like that with Jesus, and it's like that with our lives, is that we get broken. And in society, what we want to do is we want to hide our brokenness, because we live in a world of broken people, just like Humpty Dumpty. Like I said, everybody fell. We fell from grace. We got broken. But what we like to do is hide our brokenness. You know, if you're here today and you're broken, what you're probably doing is, is hiding and burying your brokenness you don't want anyone to see. So what we do is we bury it, we mask it, we hide it deep, deep so no one can see. You see, you don't want to show the bad parts and the brokenness. You want to show the best that you have to offer because you're uh, afraid that if someone could really see inside of you that they wouldn't want you. But with the kingdom of God, it's the other way around. You see, with the kingdom of God, just like Kintsugi, what they did is they accentuated the brokenness. They accentuated the cracks. They highlighted the cracks because in the cracks was the gold. Um, as people of God, we are, Christianity, you know, it's built upon a monument of brokenness. It's called the cross. You see, Jesus became broken so that you could be put back together. And all we have to do as people of God is own it. You see, the difference, I believe, between someone who's walking with Jesus and someone who's not is that we can own our brokenness. 
I remember I spoke once after I got saved in, in Liverpool. We had this big uh, open-air event in the middle of the city centre, and my non-Christian friends came along to hear me speak. And I just got up, and I just shared a quick testimony, just how Jesus had taught me from cocaine addiction, alcoholism, all these crazy things. And I said, like, he set me free, and I'm a different person. And my friend, he's, he's not a believer. He came up to me after, and he said, hey, he said, Scott, can I just ask you a question? I said, yeah, man, what? He said, man, you, I can't believe that you would stand up on a stage in front of the whole city and you would tell them what you just told them. You see, he didn't get it because people who don't know the law, people who haven't been put back together, they want to hide their cracks. But people of God, we can expose our cracks and we can, we can highlight our cracks and we can say, hey, you want to see what holds me together? Because the closer you look, the closer you're going to see what it is that's holding me together. If we look in, in the book of uh, Peter, we read in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. You see... Like Kintsugi, our brokenness has been put back together with something so valuable and so beautiful. But more than precious gold, it's so much more than gold. I'm going to tell you what holds you together. If you're walking with Jesus here today, I want to tell you what it is that's put you back together. It's more than gold. It's more beautiful than gold. Blood. And you say, what is beautiful about blood? What is attractive about blood? But I'm going to tell you, the Bible says this, that life is in the blood. And you see, the blood that holds you together is his very life. So when people get close to you, and when they, they look at you, and they see there's something different about you, it's because what's holding every crack, and every crevice, and every broken piece of you, what's holding you together is the very life of God himself. The very son of God because his blood was shed you see Jesus became broken and his blood poured out why so we can put you right back together but you don't have to be ashamed of your brokenness and this is crazy thinking in our world you know if we go and tell people these things if we tell them you know when we share our testimonies Jake got up and, and shared briefly how you know he was an alcoholic you know we share these things and people think outside of church, they think we're crazy. They're like, why are you telling us these things? You should be hiding these things. But we're like, no, no, no. Come closer. Come and see. Come and look at my cracks. Come and look who's holding me together. And I want to be honest with you guys. And I want to share a story with you um, about the cracks in my life. You see, you maybe look at me and say, man, hey, that guy, you know, he was on that video and he's talking here. He must have it. He must be, you know, on the money. He must be something special. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm just a guy who was cracked in a lot of places. But I have many, many cracks, like that Kintsugi. I have many, many cracks. And the blood, the life of Jesus is holding me together in so many places. And the closer you come and the closer you look into my life, you're going to see the, the power and the, and the life that is holding me together. So I'm not ashamed to tell you of the cracks. And I want to tell you, because I want to be honest with you, and the reason I want to set this, this, uh, this standard is because I'm going to ask you to be honest with yourself uh, towards the end when we pray and be honest with God. So I want to get the, the wheels in motion by sharing some of my cracks. Is that cool? 
I came to know Jesus when I was 24 years of age. I was saved from a, a, a radical uh, cocaine addiction that almost uh, took my life on two occasions. I was, living a, I was mixing with gangsters. I was living this crazy life. Uh, my con uh, conversion happened when I saw the gates of hell before me, and I realized that life uh, was temporal and fragile. I realized that there's only two roads in life. There's one that's a wide road that leads to life uh, at least to death eternal, and there's a narrow road that leads to life eternal. I realized heaven and hell. I realized the whole thing. Now, I didn't have time for God. I didn't have time for reading my Bible. I was a professional party goer. If you could get a qualification for uh, partying and taking drugs, I would have had a PhD, a doctorate, you know? So this is the kind of life I was living until the Lord rescued me and he saved me. And what he did, just like that picture, he put me back together, but again, not with perishable gold, but with his blood, with his life, he held me together. And I lived for Jesus for, for a number of years, and I, I went to Bible college, and I met my beautiful wife. And the first day I saw her, I was like, okay, now we're in business. This is what I'm talking about. And it just so happened, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in this moment and said, that's your wife. I'm like, what's that? What's that, Lord? That's my, are you sure? That's your wife. So obviously I didn't have any problems agreeing to this word from the Lord. Sometimes God speaks and you kind of like, you know, put the earphones on and you kind of na 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 na. But this was one of those moments when I was like, come on, I'm ready for this. So I began to, uh, to date Jay, you know, and uh, let me just throw this in incidentally. What I love about Jesus is this. When I, I remember when I went on my first date with Jane, I really, uh, really kind of pulled out all the stops, you know. I cooked her cordon bleu chicken. Now, I didn't even know what that meant. I'm a street guy. But I saw this thing in the, in the, uh, in the shop. It said cordon bleu. And I'm like, well, that sounds really posh. So I'm going to buy it. But the thing is, she still laughs at me today because I didn't make it. All I did was stick it in the oven. It was frozen. But what I did when she came around, I kind of like made sure that she saw the box, you know, because I thought that sounds real posh. So I cooked a cordon bleu with a bit of sweet corn. Uh, and that was kind of it. And I thought I did good because I'd never cooked meals before. So I was impressed. And when I realized on my first date that I was pulling out all the stops, I was bringing my A game. I was wearing my best threads. I was making sure that my personality was like polished. And, and what I did, I made sure all the brokenness from my past was hidden well away. And I made sure that I charmed her with the best that I had. You see, I didn't want her to know about my brokenness. I wanted to keep that hidden away. I wanted to show her the best, shiniest version of me. And I realized that with Jesus, when we go on a first date with Jesus, what he says to us is, hey, give me all the brokenness. I want it all right from the first date. Every bit of brokenness, the worse, the better. Bring it on. You see, we don't have to put up our best side when we, when we go for our first meeting with Jesus. He's like, I want all the rubbish because I have the solution for your brokenness. I am the solution for your brokenness. I want it all because I just want to put you back together. But often for us, we want to hide it. Um, that's the way I was with Jay, and, and me and Jay got together, and, and we began to date, and, and then within two years, we were married. Now, during this whole time, I was suffering with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and I was in a very, very bad way. I was in and out of hospital getting different tests, and uh, the, the doctors were doing all these different tests on me. During this time, over about a two-year period, I lost two uncles in the mid-40s to heart attacks. Now, my life was spinning out of control. You see, because I was getting all these symptoms of a heart attack from a post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, my life was one constant bubble of fear. Every day I'd get out of the bed and I felt like I was in this bubble of fear. Everywhere I moved, it followed me. 
I was in prison in my own body. And it was crazy. And I'm in and out the doctors, I'm in and out the hospital. But what made it worse is that for the first time in my life, I'm studying. You know, I never studied in my life. I just messed about. I was the class clown. But suddenly I'm in Bible college studying the Bible, studying all these lectures. I've got all these books, you know. I'm like carrying all these books, man. It was so heavy. And I'm like, how do I even do this in the middle of this anxiety mess? And I began to pick up the things that I used to use as my crutch. I picked up alcohol. And then one day I was drinking. And I don't need only a couple of pints here and there. Just innocent, you know, a few drinks. But then I had a few more and a few more. And then one, I remember one afternoon, I, I had too many and got drunk. I'd, I'd just left Bible college and I was living in a house full of Christians from the Bible college. And I was drunk this one evening. You see, the only way I could get free, or the only way I thought I could get free from my anxiety was, was to self-medicate. And the only way I knew how to self-medicate was, was to take alcohol. So I took too much alcohol and then this guy came around and he pulled out some cocaine and put it on the table. And I ended up taking this cocaine. And I remember the next day I woke up and I was disgusted with myself. I thought, how can you do this? I was probably a four-year-old believer at the time. I didn't know enough about repentance. I didn't know enough about grace to understand that I could ask for forgiveness and carry on. All I knew is that the one I loved, I'd just broken his heart. And not only had I broken his heart, I'd broken my own. I thought, how can I be a Christian and do this? Because this was synonymous with my old life. So what I decided to do was not look God in the eye. I couldn't look him in the eye. I thought, I just can't bear to look at him. So I just kind of descended into this abyss of addiction. And all the while, my girlfriend, you know, she'd met this great Christian guy, this guy in Bible college who didn't drink, you know, who who lived this uh, uh, life that was a bit crazy in the past. And she used to say, I can't imagine you ever living that life you're telling me about. I stayed in the Bible college. I would pray and worship while everyone went to the pub. You know, in English culture, everyone goes to the pub every night to socialize. I never went. I'd go and I'd pray and I'd worship. You know, my heart was for God, but your heart can get turned. And my heart got turned through this traumatic experience I was going through. And then before I knew it, I was on this road to destruction. And me and Jay got married soon after this, and she almost didn't marry me because she could see that I had this self-destructive character. But she loved me, and love is a powerful force, so she married me. And we got married, and pretty soon after we got married, it just descended, and it went bad. I kept drinking. I kept taking drugs. Just things went bad. And it got to a point where I was... In a, in a home one day, and I was many, many miles away from where I lived. I had nowhere to live. I was sofa surfing. I was homeless. I lost everything. And I remember being in this place, and, uh, and I went to, uh, I was in a bar. I was sleeping in a bar. It's a crazy story. If you've seen Finger of God too, I was actually upstairs in one of these bars sleeping. The bar owner let me sleep. We had a party, and I went up and slept. And I remember lying on the floor, freezing. And I felt this like someone just turned on a big furnace to warm me. I felt this heat behind me. And there was no warmth, there was no heating. And I believe that was the presence of God. You see, he doesn't leave you when you wander off. He just says, come back. And I went to stay with my mother and I was with her a few days. And she said, you need to leave. You can only stay for one week. So I stayed for one week. On the last day, the Holy Spirit 
broke into my life and touched me. I felt his presence fall on me. You see, my problem was this, I didn't like me. And I knew about grace, but I knew it in my head, but I didn't really absorb it in my heart. I thought, how could God forgive a sinner like me? You know, I think it was worse because I'd been put back together and then I got cracked again. And I couldn't really see that he could put me back together again. So I just kept running from him. And this one day I felt God's presence fall on me and I I said, God, I need to know you still love me. You know, I know it in here, but can you love a man like me? And it was five o'clock in the morning and I'm weeping for the first time in a long time as I felt the Lord thaw my heart. I said to God, show me you still love me. The next day, I walk into the bus station. My mom gives me some money to get the bus back to Liverpool where I'm from. Eight hour bus journey. I get to the bus station. There's a whole line of people and the bus man says this, you can't get on this bus today. I said, what do you mean? He said, you can't get on this bus. You have to pre-book your ticket online. You don't just turn up and get on. I said, man, you don't understand. I need, I, I've got no way to live. I have to get on this bus. You see, I had a guy who was going to pick me up at the other end and let me stay with him. He said, sorry, can't help you. I walked away. There's a line of people. And as I walked away, I heard, hello, excuse me. And I turned around and at the back of the line, a lady was waving a ticket like this. She says, come here. I walked over. She said, look, she said, my boyfriend got sick all of a sudden this morning. I have a spare ticket. I'm like, well, well, you, well, I'm going the whole destination. I'm not stopping off on these 10 stops. I'm going all the way. Where's your ticket? All the way. She gave me this ticket. I got on the bus and the Lord said, of course, I still love you. Of course, I still love you. And this was the beginning of him building my life and putting it back together. Me and my wife were was, was separated. She was, Jay was looking to divorce me and rightfully so. But the Lord told her, hold on, because he wasn't finished. So we got back together. And I remember the first day uh, I called her and I said, hey, I'm back with Jesus. And she didn't believe it. So I got the train, uh, the plane from England to Ireland. And I landed in Ireland and my little daughter, who was about nine months old or one, about one at a time, came running over to me and hugged me. And I saw Jay in the distance. And she told me this after. She said she saw me in the distance. She looked in my eyes and she knew it was real. You see, when she met me, my eyes sparkled for Jesus. When I was backslid, they went dark, but now they were sparkling again. And we renewed our wedding vows about nine months after that. We had a ceremony where we gave all the glory to God. The whole glory was given to him. And during those wedding vows, we we wrote new vows. During that ceremony, we wrote new vows. And I, in my vows, I confessed before about 70 people of the ways that I'd broken my vows. And a man came up to me at the end. He said, man, he said, you got some front. How can you stand up in all of these people front of all these people and tell them what you did and I said it's because he put me back together you see I want to tell you this that if you're broken here this morning there's one who can put you back together and he's going to make you more beautiful than you ever were you see I look at my life now and I look at my life before I fell away from Jesus and what He's made me now as more beautiful than it ever was. And I have more cracks than I did back there, granted. But I'm going to tell you this. When you come close, you can see those cracks. You can see who holds me together. 
I don't take pride in the piece of pottery, but I take pride in the, in the blood that holds me together. And I want to ask you guys to get real this morning because I believe there's people here who are broken. You know, if you make a jigsaw, if you think about a jigsaw, when you put the jigsaw together, if there's one piece missing in the middle, that jigsaw stands out, that one piece stands out a lot more than if there were multiple pieces missing. And I feel there are people here today, you've got a good job, you've got money, you've got nice families. Things are going good. Things look good on the outside, but you're broken. Just like that jigsaw, there's one piece in the middle that's missing. And no matter what you do, you can't seem to complete yourself. And I believe what he wants to say to you today is, let me complete you. I'm going to ask my wife to sing a song. And then we're going to pray. You see, I believe there are people in this room this morning who need to be put back together. And when you get put back together, you're going to be so much more beautiful than you ever were before. But if it's going to happen, we've got to get real. We've got to be honest. We've got to stop trying to be like everybody out there who wants to just show the best pieces. People who just want to show you what looks nice and shiny, but really hide away what really is broken. If we're going to be honest, if we're going to get put back together, we've got to be honest with ourselves, and we're going to be honest with God, and we're going to say, hey, look, there's a lot of brokenness in me. But Lord, if you're willing to lace me back in your blood, then make me whole. So as Jay sings this song, I want you to think about the words. I want you to think about the sentiment and the meaning behind it. And then I'm going to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never been put back together, then we're going to give you a chance for that to happen. If you're a believer here this morning and you've, like me, you've wandered off and you've got a little bit cracked again, then we want to give you a chance to get put back together. Does that sound good? Okay, so Holy Spirit, I just ask you in this moment now, Lord, for your presence to fall. I pray for every heart to be opened. I ask you for every voice of distraction to be silenced. And I ask you, Lord, in this moment that you'd reveal the depths of your love to every cracked, broken individual in this place. Thank you. We are broken without you, Lord. Thank you for the blood of Christ that binds us together. But it isn't new It's been bruised and broken And only comes in blue It's been down a long road And it got dirty on the way if I give it to you, would you make it clean? Wash the shame away. You can have my heart if you don't mind broken things. You can have my heart if you don't mind that 
that you make all things new So I give these pieces all to you If you want it, you can have my heart So beyond repair, nothing I could do. I tried to fix it myself, but it was only worse when I got through. And then you walked right into my darkness and you. a child till my frozen tears fall at your feet you can have my heart if you don't mind broken things you can I heard that you make all things new So I give these pieces all to you If you want it, you can have my heart My heart Jesus Spirit, we ask you in this presence, Lord, that you rest upon every cracked, broken vessel in this place, Lord, that you'd shine the light of your glory upon us all. If you're here this morning and you've never been made whole, you've never been put back together, you maybe go to church, you maybe pray before you go to sleep, but you know that all you're doing is living a life that is broken and you try and hide it away from everybody else then Jesus wants to say to you this morning, come on your first date with me and bring all your brokenness, bring all your broken pieces to the front. Don't hide it away. Don't put on your best side. Just bring all the dirt, all the hurt, and let me put it back together. So if that's you here this morning and you've never been made whole, I want to ask you to respond. I want to ask you, as you're in the moment of his presence, just take your time and just raise your hand to heaven and say, Jesus, make me whole. Here I am, Lord. Here's my life. If you're that jigsaw with the one piece missing and everything else is looking good in your life, good job, family's good, but you know that you're not complete, then today he wants to ask you, give me your life. Bless you. I see you. Bless you. Anybody else, just raise your hand to heaven. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Say, Lord, put me back together. I'm sick of faking it. I'm sick of faking it. 
until I make it. But I want to get real with you. I want to make it real with you. If you want to be put back together, just give him your hand. Let him rescue you. Give him control. When a potter is at the wheel with the clay, all the clay has to do is surrender to the potter. Will you surrender to your potter this morning? Just hold it up. Hold your hand up. Anybody else? Okay, if you're here this morning, you're a believer, but you've drifted off from your original design, where you should have been, just like I had. You wandered off. You're involved in some things you shouldn't be doing. You've taken your eyes off God, and you've put them on your sin. The Bible calls that backsliding. If you've drifted back to your old way and you want to be made whole again, then I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you're living in brokenness, then he's here today to put you back together. So just raise it up. Say, Jesus, here I am. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Lord, increase your presence in this place. If there's anybody else, stir them. Stir their hearts, Lord. Show them that this is not something to be like society. This is something where we can be uh, 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 like children of God. We can be honest with our brokenness. We don't have to hide it anymore because there's a solution. There's a solution where everyone outside of this building in our community, in our world, everyone's running around trying to hide the brokenness and put on the best mask. But inside and deep down, they're miserable. They're unhappy. So I implore you, don't be like them. Be like a child of God. A child of God that says, hey, I know I'm broken, but put me back together. Okay, if you raised your hand, stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you. Just stand to your feet. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name for an increase of your spirit to fall upon this place. Jesus, we thank you that your presence is here. Thank you, Lord, that our talks can't put people back together. Only your presence can do that. So, Lord, we ask you for your presence to move in this place upon every individual right now that they would encounter the power of your love. Okay, now come to the front, all those who are standing. And if the ministry team want to come, we're going to pray for these guys. Come on forward. I know this is a big ask, but come on forward. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray for you guys. Come forward so we can pray for you. Come on. We don't bite. Come closer. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we're going to pray for you. If you came because you don't know Jesus, if you came because you're waiting for him to put you back together, then we're going to take care of that first because that's the most important thing. So if you're saying, Lord, I want you to put my broken pieces back together, then we're going to tackle that one first. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we'll be saved. If we invite him in, not only with our heart, but with our mouth too, then it will be done. So we're going to pray. And why don't we all pray and encourage those who are praying for the first time. We're going to say together, Jesus, I open my life to you. I give it all to you. Put me back together. Make me shine for you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. 
I give you my broken pieces. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your love. Give me power to live for you all the days of my life. Thank you, Ken. Now we're going to pray. Holy Spirit, pour out your presence. Holy Spirit.